Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from federal conservative agriculture critic John Barlow. And up first in today's country comment, Dane Fraze with Manitoba Agriculture will stop by to discuss this week's crop report. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is Dane Fraze with Manitoba Agriculture to discuss this week's crop report. Well, right now we're sitting at about 65% completion across the province as an average, although regional variation uh, changes quite a bit, even from farm to farm. It uh, really depends on how much rain was received, uh, soil moisture conditions, and land management practice. The five-year average for Week 22 is uh, close to 100%. It's at it's uh, 96%. Uh, just talk about the delay here and, and some of the challenges that farmers are facing. Well, we're almost 30% behind in terms of average seeding progress, which is about a week, week and a half worth of really intense seeding still left to be done if we have uh, you know, really favorable forecast and good weather. Right now, we're sitting about a month behind where we normally would be uh, this time of year, just given the number of delays and the amount of rain that we've had. It's really going to impact in-crop farm management. Um, we're going to see crops at varying stages. We're going to see uh, delays in maturity as a result of later seeding, and we're going to see an extended harvest window. So we're really hoping for a nice open fall, a late frost, and a nice dry weather in September and October and into November to make sure crops mature in time and, and we're able to get them off the field. wanted to uh, just talk a little bit about each each crop type here. I guess uh, first off for cereals, can you give us a bit of an overview on, on how the cereals are looking? Right now, the earliest seeded wheat is just coming up. We're seeing it at two to three leaf stage, and and as soon as farmers are able, they're likely going to be in crop, taking care of some weeds. Uh, Fields are quite dirty this year. Uh, Weeds, surprisingly, also love moisture, and they've decided to germinate too. And uh, they're coming along fairly well. Emergence does look good in our cereals. Um, It's definitely faster now that the soils are warming up and we're having warmer weather. In canola and oil feed crops, um, still scattered emergence, Canola was generally delayed in much of the central region in order to plant wheat or soybeans or corn or some of our little bit more time-sensitive crops, and canola being a bit of a later planted crop, able to handle some of the stresses that are thrown at it later in the season. How are the uh, pulses looking? Uh, I haven't seen too many soybean crops out of the ground just yet. I know they were largely planted, and and the seeding date for crop insurance closes today. So what's in the ground now is likely mostly all that we're going to see. I don't expect to see too many more soybeans planted late. Um, for the field peas, they've germinated and emerged well. We're seeing them anywhere between emergence to about the fifth node stage. So they're just about to start getting the first in-crop herbicide application. And as for dry beans, uh, planting has been somewhat limited because the, the bulk of the planting area, especially near Altona, has been quite wet. Uh, so there have been some delays there, but edible beans do mature fairly quickly too and should be in the ground this week. And uh, just to wrap things up here, talk a little bit about uh, forage crops and, uh, you know, for livestock producers, uh, pasture conditions. Uh, forage regrowth has been better this past week. We've had uh, some nice warm sunny days and that's really helped spur growth. However, pastures are generally still in fairly fragile state uh, from overgrazing last year when we had a fairly severe drought and lack of available feed for cattle producers. Um, 
lack of feed has forced cattle producers to turn cattle out to pasture now already and maybe able to supplement feed. Um, but we're really hoping that pastures have some good regrowth on them now that they're able to carry cattle throughout the summer as well as provide a, a decent hay crop for baling. Anything else to leave with us here, uh, Dane? Or? We know that uh, farmers and agronomists face many challenges throughout the year, and, and uh, when it comes to diagnosing some of those challenges, they, they sometimes need a hand up or, or, or would like to refresh their skills. So Manitoba Agriculture, together with the U of M, is putting on a live in-person crop diagnostic school running the first week of July, and registration is now open. That was Dane Fraze with Manitoba Agriculture discussing this week's crop report. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Knute. The province has released the Manitoba Protein Research Strategy. The strategy highlights 46 strategic research projects under four main themes, including climate resilience of sustainable protein food systems, novel sustainable protein product development and processing, digital agriculture to enable sustainable food systems, and wastewater byproduct and co-product utilization. The Manitoba government will also invest $1.5 million to support the hiring of a new strategic research chair in sustainable protein at the University of Manitoba. The MPRS builds on the Manitoba Protein Advantage Strategy, which was released back in 2019. Dairy Farmers of Canada has made a request to the Canadian Dairy Commission for an advanced price adjustment in the farm gate price of milk. Here's Vice President David Weens. In terms of uh, uh, dairy farmers, we're we're feeling the same uh, inflation pressures that uh, you know all other Canadians are. I mean, we're seeing the the kind of inflation here that we haven't seen in almost a generation. What we've seen here over the past, you know, especially year, but. Uh, uh, it seems to actually have accelerated is that, you know, there's more uh, supply chain disruptions, which already began with the pandemic. We've had the extreme weather events, you know, both in Manitoba and uh, other parts of the country. Normally, the CDC adjusts dairy farm gate prices once a year to reflect changes in the production cost. A previous adjustment of 8.4% was implemented in February. And Manitoba Agriculture says crop progress is about a month delayed from normal stage expected for the first week of June due to repeated weather-related delays. Here's oilseed specialist Dane Fraze. It's really going to impact in-crop farm management. Um, We're going to see crops at varying stages. We're going to see delays in maturity as a result of later seeding. And we're going to see an extended harvest window. So we're really hoping for a nice open fall, a late frost, and and nice dry weather in September and October and into November to make sure crops mature in time and and we're able to get them off the field. Manitoba Agriculture is hosting an in-person crop diagnostic school in Carmen July 5th through the 8th. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Knute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Agwire for Thursday, June 9th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from Federal Conservative Agriculture critic John Barlow. A bill regarding farm biosecurity is making its way back into the House of Commons after being scrapped last year. Bill C-275 was put forward last year but didn't make it through. Reporter Scott Bolton caught up with Federal Conservative Agriculture critic John Barlow. Well, this is a, a private member's bill that we introduced in the previous parliament. Uh, we had um, the support of, of all the parties, but unfortunately when the uh, election was called last fall, um, you know, it died on the order paper. That's kind of what happens, and we had to uh, reintroduce it this parliament, which uh, we did last week and uh, earlier this week. And... Um, Hopefully we can we can get it to the finish line this time around because I believe it's uh, 
certainly as we're seeing what's going on with, with uh, um, the bird flu and uh, uh, other type viruses and diseases, uh, we have to, supr- to protect our biosecurity on farms. And this is exactly what uh, this uh, legislation will do. With the new kind of avian flu uh, here, is there any kind of changes that you make, or do you think the original text would do well for that kind of situation? Well, what we have to do and what what this legislation does is, is first off, it, it raises a lot of awareness about um, the risk that our, our agriculture sector faces when it comes to uh, these viruses, whether it's uh, um, avian influenza or uh, African swine fever or BSC. Um, you know, our, our food supply is very susceptible to, uh, to these, uh, these types of um, outbreaks. So we have to ensure that uh, those who are, um, you know, protesting or, you know, activists that uh, may be moving from farm to farm, that they are putting our, our food supply at risk. And, and we, that's really what this is doing is raising some awareness about that and, and putting some legislation in place that, that holds those accountable who may, be, uh, who may be putting our food security at risk. So do you think there's anything else really from a kind of food security standpoint that you think could be opened up in the future for other bills? Yeah, I, I think this, uh, you know, we, we have a very robust, um, you know, uh, security protocols in place. You know, anytime you go to a farm, uh, you know, through CFIA guidelines, you know, if I go see a, a uh, poultry farm or a hog farm in my riding, you know, I'm, I'm in many cases wearing, uh, you know, booties or, or a suit or, you know, hairnet, all these types of things to ensure that uh, these, these facilities are protected. And uh, so those things are in place. Um, but I don't think a lot of Canadians understand uh, just how serious this is. Uh, so I think it's really important that we raise uh, some awareness you know, for example, this, this came um, as a result of, of a group of activists who were at a hog farm in Abbotsford, B.C., and then a week later, um, you know, trespassed onto a turkey farm in my riding near Fort McLeod. So they could have easily and unknowingly, you know, they weren't certainly doing it on, on purpose, I don't believe, but they could have been carrying a, a virus or a pest of some sort from, from one farm in Abbotsford, B.C. Uh, to another farm here in southern Alberta, and it could have caused some... Uh, you know, very serious damage when you see, you know, right now with uh, with uh, uh, avian influenza where we're having to uh, deflock, you know, hundreds of thousands of birds. If that's uh, African swine fever, we would be having to call, you know, tens of thousands of hogs. Uh, no one wants to see that happen, and uh, it takes years to rebuild from that. So uh, it's really important that the Canadians have a, a much clearer understanding of why these protocols are in place, uh, the role that they play, and the fact that our farmers go to great lengths uh, to ensure that their animals are extremely well taken care of and that these health protocols are enforced. The uh, federal government recently, uh, I guess, has a 35% tariff on fertilizer, I believe. Uh, could you kind of uh, give us some background on that? Yeah, uh, Canada uh, implemented or enforced a some of the sanctions, you know, several sanctions on, on Russian products when Russia invade, invaded Ukraine. But one of those uh, sanctions was a, a 35% tariff on fertilizer purchased from Russia. Um, you know, obviously, we've seen fertilizer prices um, in many cases, in many areas across the country, double uh, before uh, what, uh, what occurred in the conflict in Russia and Ukraine. 
So to add to that, that 35% tariff um, is making our inputs for producers even more uh, unaffordable. But what we were at, we've been asking for, for for months is an exemption on any of that fertilizer that was purchased before March 2nd. Um, because it, you know that's already been paid for. The, the Russian suppliers have that, that money in place. Uh, so only the only thing that tariff is, is doing is, is punishing Canadian farmers. Uh, we are the only G7 country in the world that is has a tariff on fertilizer. Uh, so we're the only country in the world that, that's making our farmers that much more uncompetitive. Uh, so we've been just asking for an exemption on that tariff, or at the very least, uh, some sort of, uh, of compensation for the producers. Uh, and thus far, uh, the Liberal government has uh, refused to do either one, and that's uh, that's that's really uh, unfortunate and, and frustrating. Yeah, that's kind of uh, wider than the tariff. Are you looking for any other kind of action on fertilizer costs that farmers are facing right now? Well, you know, first and foremost, the, the Liberals should uh, slash the carbon tax. Um, you know, anytime you, you you know, again, we're we're the only country that's increasing. Uh, Fuel taxes during um, you know a pandemic and when oil prices are now um, far in excess of a hundred dollars a barrel, um, you know by cu- cutting that carbon tax, it certainly helped bring down fertilizer prices as natural gas is a is a seed stock to make to make fertilizer. Um, you know, just it's just nonsensical to be honest, and um, and it's making you know farmers are having a tough time making ends meet. Uh, and we're seeing that being passed on to the consumer as, as food prices are uh, continuing to increase. And, and that affordability crisis is uh, hitting every single Canadian. That was Federal Conservative Agriculture critic John Barlow chatting with reporter Scott Bolton. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Egg Wire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Canadian Charlet Association is hosting its AGM June 10th to the 12th in Russell. Visit charlet.com for more details. Miami Agricultural Society is celebrating its 25th annual rodeo, along with the 113th annual fair June 25th and 26th. Miami 4-H Beef Club will be hosting their interclub judging competition on Friday evening and an open 4-H Beef Show on Saturday. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon. The Thanks for Farming Tour and Meridian Manufacturing have announced a new joint scholarship initiative. Jeremy Matuszewski is with the Thanks for Farming Tour. Meridian has been a big supporter of the Thanks for Farming Tour um, over the last couple of years in buying lunches for the farmers that attend the event. And this summer, they reached out to us and uh, wanted to do something um, more. They wanted to do something that would help benefit the future uh, future farmers. And so they reached out, and together we created uh, the Meridian Thanks for Farming Tour Scholarships. And basically, it's open to uh, grade 11 and grade 12 kids um, to submit a video. So know they're going to post-secondary so they submit a video talking about um, how important farming and agriculture is to their community and uh, and so we're hoping to get a bunch of different videos and then the finalists of each of these um, for each of our tour stops so we'll have three finalists at each one we'll get a chance to present and uh, 
and then one of the winner of, of each event will get a scholarship, uh, you know, to help them with their, with their schooling. And this is for Manitoba and Saskatchewan, right? Yeah. So yeah. we're doing two different ones. There's a Manitoba, uh, or I guess two different scholarships. There's a Manitoba scholarship and that's open to, uh, um, farm kids from Manitoba. And then there's a, uh, Saskatchewan scholarship and that's, or Swift Current Scholarship, and that's open to uh, farm kids from Saskatchewan. And the uh, dollar amount, it's uh, $1,000? $1,000 for each. Talk a little bit more about the, just the, the Thanks for Farming tour. Um, you know, the top finalists will, uh, will be presenting at, at the tour. Um, you know, we'll touch base closer to the date, but tell us a little bit about the tours and what will be happening there. Yeah, so the tour is something that we created in 2020, and simply put, it was uh, it's an event that was created um, as as a way for us to say thank you to farmers and also to give back to some rural communities. And so it's happening this year. Uh, you're 100% right. The finalists for the Meridian Thanks for Farming Tour Scholarship will be presenting live to the farmers in attendance um, at the tour, and the farmers that are in the crowd are actually going to pick the winner. Um, so it's really cool. Um, the, the tour itself is, um, you know, we're going to have, so the farmers that come, there's street food, uh, there's street beverages. We've got, um, educational and entertainment, uh, speakers throughout the day. Um, there's going to be exhibitors and sponsors, uh, that are going to be showcasing some of their products as well. Um, and really it's, it's just going to be a, a super cool event and, yeah, we're looking forward to it. And again, just give us the uh, the stops on the tour. Uh, we have one in Winkler, and what was the other one? Swift Current. Swift so Swift Current is July 12th and 13th um, at the, it's, I guess, the Stockade Grounds at, the, at Kinetic Park. And then uh, in Winkler, it's July 27th and 28th, and that's at the Meridian Exhibition Center. That was Jeremy Matuszewski with the Thanks for Farming Tour. The Tour and Meridian Manufacturing have announced a new joint scholarship initiative. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Manitoba Agriculture says provincial seeding progress sits at 65% complete, behind the five-year average of 96%. Here's oil seed specialist Dane Fraze. Well, we're almost 30% behind in terms of average seeding progress, which is about a week, week and a half worth of really intense seeding still left to be done if we have uh, you know, a really favorable forecast and good weather. Right now, we're sitting about a month behind where we normally would be this time of year, given the number of delays and the amount of rain that we've had. Manitoba Agriculture is hosting an in-person crop diagnostic school in Carmen July 5th through the 8th. And normally, the Canadian Dairy Commission adjusts dairy farm gate prices once a year to reflect changes in the production cost. Previous adjustment of 8.4% was implemented in February. Dairy Farmers of Canada has made a request to the CBC for an advance price adjustment. Here's Vice President David Weens. And we're seeing price increase for the goods and services that we need to produce milk for. Uh, you know, as an example, costs have increased for uh, fertilizer costs, for example, have gone up uh, 44% since last year, and fuel has gone up 32%, and animal feed uh, has gone up by 8%. So those are pretty significant cost factors on a dairy farm. So as a result of that, we have asked uh, the Canadian Dairy Commission to uh, consider an advance for the uh, uh, price adjustment where it normally happens. Uh, price adjustments happen uh, February 1st of every year. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. 
We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.